When I was a baby, my father was great at helping my mother. He used to do all kinds of things, take care of me, clean the house, make dinner. He was the whole nine. So growing up, I had this preconceived image of him. He was the most helpful man I knew. So helpful that when my mother wanted to leave, he helped her put her shoes on. He packed her bags. He paid for the gas since being a single mother is a long journey ahead. See, my father was a helpful man. In front of everyone, he needed to believe that facade. When my mother ran away from him like he was a house lit up in flames, she never told me why, never slandered his name, only made it clear that as I grew older, I would see the man that he really was, that I would see the tricks up his sleeve, that the smoke and mirrors he hid the truth behind wouldn't last for too long. The magician did his final disappearing act when I was 15, only to never be seen again. I haven't spoken to him in two years. It took me almost two to find out he ran away to Tennessee, and sometimes I think I start to forget what he looks like. But then I look in the mirror, see how we are both alike in looks and rage and anger and grudges and how we do not forgive. And this is why I love imagery, for the way I can paint a pretty picture of him for you, for the way he comes to life in my mouth despite him being dead to me. I can compare my father to a lot of things. In one hand, he is a gun, a forty-four semi-automatic, his words fire when he is angry. In another, he's a Bob the Builder-ass nigga, for the way he builds up relationships only to tear them down and see me. I really am half the magic trick and half the magician. The assistant does what he commands, lowers herself into a box for the audience's entertainment, lets him poke and prod and jab while she smiles the whole time. If she dares stop, the audience will lose interest. And this is how my father saws women in half and makes them feel forced to stay. How he puts them in the spotlight and expects them to love the attention, although it's killing them, although it's making a fool out of them. But she still gives meaning to his performance. Without her, there wouldn't be a damn show in the first place. See, my mother was literally giving my father pieces of herself and it still wasn't enough. And I do this in relationships all the time. I guess even bad traits are still passed down through blood. See me, I got a couple tricks up my sleeve. I vanish a lot quicker than my father when things don't go my way. I be flipping cards, levitating shit, walking on water, anything to distract people from the bad things I do, anything to uphold my manic pixie dream girl illusion, and I do believe in karma because all the bad I do to hide my pain comes back to hurt me even more. But I still be pulling niggas out of hats, making them do what I want in exchange for nothing. Call it a sleight of the hand, call it a gimmick, call it daddy issues. I think the worst thing about my father being addicted to magic is that out of everything, he still doesn't have the power to go back and fix his mistakes. And I'm supposed to love him. I'm supposed to be his daughter, but it's hard because he's wasted so much time being angry. It's like when he looks at me, he only sees my mama. And what an illusion to be both his greatest creation of all and a reminder of everything he lost in the process. So today's episode, we are back with Mari once again. We are about to be talking about narcissistic parenting. And I am very excited because me and her both have experienced this ourselves, but we have experienced it in different ways. My narcissistic parent was absent while hers was present. So I felt like she would be a really good person to feature on this episode so that we can really give, you know, a full view of what it was like to be raised with narcissistic parenting. Um, so you want to introduce yourself? Go ahead. Hi guys, it's Mari. Nice to 
be on the podcast again to talk about these great uh, life subjects. Just a little info about myself. You can catch me on Instagram at uh, Mari, that's spelled M-A-H dot I-R, ooh, not I-R-E, R-I-E, um, 239. And I also have a poetry page as well. That at is two underscores M-J-C-B. If you guys want to catch me on there, then do it. So to start this episode off, we're going to talk about overall just what is narcissism because not everybody knows exactly what it is or many people have like, you know, misconceptions about what it is. So narcissism, basically to sum it up very short, is people who have no empathy for others. They are deeply insecure and it shows out as cockiness. Um, they constantly seek validation from other people. There are different types of narcissists as well. They can be um, either really showy, which is grandiose, or they can be really victim-y, which is covert. And there's also the noble narcissist who tends to do things, um, charitable things for validation, but are terrible human beings behind closed doors. But um, also one thing that all these different types of narcissists have in common is they lack self-awareness. The thing about a narcissist is they're never going to be like okay you know what I am a narcissist therefore I need to get some professional help um, because the thing about being a narcissist is you're kind of like in denial um, or you really uh, you really aren't even really in denial to an extent you're kind of just unaware you lack the amount of self-awareness needed to really look back and reflect on your actions and you know hold yourself accountable for the shitty things you've done so we wanted to talk about how narcissistic parenting affected us um i feel like you should start that off because okay. you, you 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 really witnessed it firsthand okay you know? um so when ren asked me to do this of course i was like yeah like let's talk about it but the more that like she asked me like okay let's come up with some talking points and stuff I was realizing how bad. Yeah, how bad it's gotten and how badly it's affected me. How traumatic basically it's been because when she like I said, when she was asking me for thinking points, I found myself really like, What did I deal with it? Should I say Ooh. something? I don't know. Ooh. You know, like really, really nervous and it, it caused me to just kinda get really stuck in my head and not end up coming with up with anything. And I was like, you know, dang, like, I know I'm supposed to be helping her with this and I need to add that, but it was really hard. Lack self-awareness is like, it is a really, really vital thing. And dealing with somebody that doesn't have it, it's very dysfunctional. Like, if you ever heard of attachment styles, it really plays a, a huge role into that because um, basically the parenting that I dealt with was like, whenever I came to you, um, of course, like my parents was used to just always being providing. Um, I know, especially with my mother, she's always kind of been like a sacrificial person, like lay it all on me, put the bearing on me and stuff. And, you know, to an extent, like I appreciate that. Like, of course, you're you're giving and you're it's what you're supposed to do as a parent, <laughs> of course. But it was dysfunctional because this sense of this this environment of love that I really thought I had would instantly be distorted really whenever I would reach a point where like I'm like hey you're hurting me or hey I don't like when you do this or hey I don't like when you do that basically when I was expressing my emotions and telling the person that hurt me hey like you know you are a cause of pain it turned into you know lots of gaslighting mm -hmm. lots of lack of empathy for my position that I'm in um 
And I was also really able to see the the dire insecurity, the the piercing insecurities on the inside. And like, I know that I can't fix a narcissist. I mean, I, I'm not even gonna try to drive myself crazy to do so. But you know, basically in moments of vulnerability, it's like, these are my parents. And like I said, this was a sense of love. It's like, I understand like what you're going through. I under, well, into to an extent, because I mean, we have all dealt with our insecurities, but it's kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just trying to tell you, hey, you hurt me. And um, it's just really hard for them to do that. It's like you may get to them, but then it just, it hasn't really been a change. And this has been going on, honestly, for like years now with my parents. And I'm just starting to grieve the relationship. But I'm also getting to a point where it's like I don't want anything from them but for them to get better because I don't like to automatically say like somebody's narcissistic, they're terrible because um, the Red Table Talk we were just watching, um, it's not like somebody is just straight up born narcissist. It's not like somebody is born a sociopath, a, a serial killer. It's kind of like a lot of it's nature and nurture. But like in, in this case, I feel like it's a lot of nurture as far as however you built up because a narcissistic parent can't make a narcissistic child. Lately, since I found myself like getting in arguments mainly with my mother, I record conversations and um, basically I did it to hear myself talking back to <laughs> talking back to my uh, myself. Yeah. Not talking back to myself, but just hearing like how I sound when I'm in a, an argument because I've kind of always been a person where I feel like I never win arguments. I never really like say witty things or really be talking. I just be, you know, saying stuff with no substance. But basically like I do and I've been doing it like for a while now and it's not really like for other people to hear. It's like for me to hear myself because um, one thing I do a lot, deal with a lot is a lot of gaslighting. Like, uh for example, basically a lot of times I'll express something to my mom, like not even like something deep, like I wore a blue shirt and then she'd be like, I thought you said you wore a green shirt. Like, no, no, you didn't say that. You wore a green shirt. But it's like, it's frustrating because there's no balance. Like it's one thing to, oh, I thought you said this or that. And it's like, no, I said this and you correct them. But it's like all the time. And it's also the, it's the small things and then it's the big things on top of that. So it's just like very frustrating mm -hmm. um that's a one way of of gaslighting and like like i said how it makes the the relationship so dysfunctional is sometimes a lot of parents um kind of believe that if you if you provide for them physically in the physical and like financial aspect basically like you have a roof over your head and you've never had to be homeless you've been taking care of your whole life like you have insurance you're good that's not the only way to take care of a child. Like it is also the spiritual, the mental, the emotional. And because generational curses is a thing and shit has been passed down, babies are having babies. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are underdeveloped in those things. And it's like kind of doomed because they don't have those skills to take care of you. But when you're also dealing with a narcissist, it's like very hard, almost damn near impossible to do it because they lack self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So... At one point in time, I lacked self-awareness and I lacked emotional um, intelligence, but I learned to validate myself. And then like, that's how I basically would come to my mom. And I'm like, you know, I don't been going to therapy. I've been talking to myself a lot more. I've been journaling. I've been getting smart at these things. And then it's like, I tell her how I feel about something. And then it's like, you don't know shit. Mm. And it's frustrating like that mm. because it, it makes the, the relationship dysfunctional because 
it's like when we're good on good terms and I'm not talking about how you hurt me yeah you're smart like I know you're destined mm. for great things and stuff but it's like I found myself really hard to believe that and mm. because this is a parent and this is like development from growth and this is my first example of what a relationship is supposed to be it's hard for me to do that outside of you know but parents of course just believing what somebody says you're creative you're talented you're smart you're this you're beautiful you're mm. like you know like all yes, that it's, yes. it's hard because it flips so easily. Mm. That's why, like, um, a weird way. I'm just making this connection now, honestly, as I'm talking about it. Like, I'm a big girl, plus size, gang. <laughs> okay, like, mm-hmm. I'm all for the body positivity. Mm-hmm. And one thing that always happens is somebody be like, if we're cool, oh, you're not, girl, you're not fat, you thick. Like, don't even worry about that. I never believe anybody that says that. Or, mm. like, you juicy or whatever. Mm. Because when you get mad, I'm waiting on you to say something about my weight. I don't care no more because it's like, just because I'm fat doesn't mean I'm ugly. Mm-hmm. I'm a beautiful fucking being. I just got rolls and you don't. Don't mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I don't really care as much, but it's like the dysfunctional mm. part of the relationship and it shouldn't be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm mad, like I shouldn't be attacking you. That's not, that's not healthy. That's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I don't you know like it when people do that either. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that as well. My mom would do stuff like that. Like mm. bring it, which is, which is weird. You wouldn't picture that. Like, yeah, I hate it when, when people get into arguments and they just bring up stuff that's just like mm-hmm. intention. That's like somebody getting into an argument with me and talking about my Bell's palsy. It's like, okay, mm. like really? Yeah. Like if you have alopecia, I'm not going to bring it up in your face that right. you got like how dirty how low down do you have to be to do some shit like that like you're literally just trying to feel better about yourself which is pathetic you know it's very pathetic it's like get it i hate it when people do stuff like that but i completely understand what you're saying so yeah so i think that that's one way that like i've dealt with the what is it present narcissist you said what is it present and not present grandy oh oh oh, your your mom was present yeah 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 yeah. present pretty pretty much yeah that's that's why i feel like I guess one like way the, the, it the could, constantly the constant second guessing of yourself yeah yourself I, yeah the gaslighting and that's why it played a part into I didn't know what to talk about because it's like I have all this knowledge mm. but sometimes when approaching it I second guess myself. you're like is this knowledge or is yeah. this just my or am I angry or yeah am I am, am I in my emotions are they guiding me to believe these certain things mm-hmm. false mm. realities mm, that's a good that's a good perspective so, because I feel the same way yeah. about my dad and some kids well I used to more so but it's just like the gaslighting be so so rooted deep down mm-hmm. that you can't even believe yourself anymore and it's like how dare I become exactly what I hate my other people for mm-hmm. who do this exact same thing to me. It's very, it, it, it sucks so hard. It sucks so hard, but you just kind of got to work through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, stop invalidating your own feelings because then they win, you know? Mm-hmm. It really fucks up your memory because when you asked me last night, like, my mind just went blank. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just couldn't think of nothing. I'm from mm. Rose. And mm. I'm like, you know, it's it's not hard. Because I don't talk about this before. I've talked about this with my other best friend. And, like, we've watched videos, like, discussions, all that. Mm. And I couldn't pull up anything. Nothing. Like, I, I just really froze in, my, in that moment. Like, I had yeah. a serious brain fart. And I'm like, okay, we wanted to be productive. Like, I got to get this done. And, you know, it wasn't even like you were pushing me. I yeah. just couldn't get it out. Yeah. Like, for, for some odd reason. So, um, 
like the the girl in the the red table talk video that we were watching mm-hmm. and she basically said it's like you're living in a house with a like a mirror you're living in a mirror basically but you don't know if that's your reflection mm. you know and it's like I'm, I'm always i'm still dealing with that second guessing sometimes it's bad than others um at other times but that like when it came to that it just made me realize how bad the trauma is mm. and you'd be sitting there thinking like you know it's it's you doing something wrong but it's like no it's there because they're not self-aware and you're not getting anything back you're having to do the work for not only yourself but for them in a way yeah. to validate how mm, you feel because yeah. um i mean this is the thing you're not really supposed to analyze other people's feelings or emotions and stuff but it's hard when you're in this parenting situation not saying you have to do it that way but they're your parents yeah this is my first level of connection yeah and she was present so it wasn't like at one point in time we have always not been cool with each other Mm. you you always never had conflicts it's just it's dysfunctional because as much as i want to run towards you i want to run away from Mm. you you know i always feel the duality of Mm. stuff too polar opposites yeah Yeah. yeah. that pisces shit so Mm. that's just like gaslighting has been like the biggest thing love bombing as well but like her love bombing was different like i said it was that sacrificial like i'll do everything for you kind of situation i don't know which one that i i wrote love bombing for me well i i didn't know if you had dealt with that but i wrote love bombing for Mm -hmm. me because when they said that on the red table talk i was not even thinking about my dad i was thinking about relationships with women I was thinking about that girl I matched with on Tinder and how she started to immediately love bomb me. And me, you know, I was like, damn, this girl fine as hell. Like, I'm damn near floored. I'm I'm excited to talk to her. And you had to check me like, nigga, why is she speaking to you like this? Like, that's that's weird as hell. So I feel like that was a response from my the the gas uh, the narcissistic parenting that I received with my father. Mm. My dad is weird. Okay, like. There are a plethora of examples that I can talk about where his narcissism has been very, very evident. Um, But the way that he does things is very strange to me. Like something that I like to bring up about him and his personality is he never said you're welcome. And I think I told you this before, but like whenever I was younger and he would, for one, my dad didn't really know how to like the emotional connection because his bonding time with me when I was like a you know like 11 or so it would be to take me shopping so of course I started to associate him with material things and every time that you know I'm very polite you know every time that somebody buys me something or does something very simple for me I'm always saying thank you but I noticed that he never would say you're welcome and I I always wondered why um that was just one of the because I feel like there are small things that people do that can tell me something very big about them as a person um and that was one of them because I was just like why does he do that that's just very strange to me but anyway what I come to learn now of course in me being much older is that the reason he was doing materialistic things with me is because that's how he was raised you know like my dad was the middle child out of three kids we all know the middle child syndrome like the stereotypes behind that um his younger brother was like kind of favorited in the house because they had a two-parent household, but it was all of their moms and um, my uncle, who was my dad's younger brother, it was his dad instead of my dad's dad. And they grew up in that household. Um, they had a lot of money. And I remember sometimes my dad would tell me about his childhood very vaguely. It wasn't like 
big story times but he was like we was turning the keys to get into the house after school and kindergarten like you know we would come home to an empty house we would just be chilling and that made me realize the emotional avoidance that his mom had and therefore it transferred down to him you know like the emotional avoidance she didn't know how to be emotionally present so she had all this money got all these gifts did christmas huge all the time every year birthday parties big everything you know everything that you could ever want as a kid it was there um but the emotional relationship was not and of course i mean i didn't i I mean i felt loved i didn't really think about it like that but now me getting older it's like damn bitch i didn't want no bounce house nigga i wanted a hug you know what i'm saying now i am able to understand why he did the things that he did i mean it still doesn't make it okay of course but another thing that he he was always very suspicious to me. Like, my dad has, um, he's very strange. He is a member of the patriarchy, for one. When I was, like, 12, 13, I'll never forget this shit, bro. I was coming home from the bus, and I think that I had been making YouTube videos at that time. Or maybe I was, like, 15, I don't know how old I was. I was definitely, like, a, a young teenager. And I don't know if it was something on my YouTube channel. It probably was or something somewhere else that I had posted. Basically, it was about me talking about feminism and how I am a feminist and stuff like that. And I'll never forget, this man started a, a argument with me through text messages. And after he couldn't really argue against me, because, you know, I, I, can, I can talk about this shit for days. I'll educate you quick as hell, you know what I'm saying? So, of course, that hurt his ego. And also, he just, he's always wanted me to be the version of me that he wants, which yeah. it, 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 the version yeah. of me that he wants does not exist. The version that he wants is complacency. It's, you know, it's just me being submissive to whatever it is that he mm-hmm. desires. You're conforming to whatever it is. And I've never been that kind of person i've always been hella rebellious and he can't handle that because shit probably because it reminds him of him you know what i mean Mm. like literally that's probably exactly what it is my hypnotherapist asked me like i think this was my first or second session she was like are you and your dad similar and i was like um i don't know she was like are you and your dad similar and i was like yeah yeah we are you know what i mean we're into the same shit like the same spiritual stuff he's been trying to tell me about the spiritual stuff for years of course i mean i was like nine i don't want to hear about that shit nigga i want to go play like we talk about you know it was different um but now it's like had he been patient you know like it would have yeah everything comes full circle you know what i mean yeah. like it's, it's not a surprise that i'm into this stuff now you know and, and had he been patient enough to wait for this all to play out, he would have seen that and we could have probably had a better, you know, relationship than what we have now. But anyway, back to the story I was saying, I remember that we were texting and he was like arguing with me and stuff like that. And I was arguing right the fuck back. And the last thing he said, he called me a little disrespectful nigga. He said that shit word for word. <laughs> um, and after that, I think I blocked him. Mm-hmm. And when I blocked my dad, he remains blocked for like years at a time. Mm-hmm. So like I, I block or, or months at a time. I think years is a little excessive because like eventually I'll, I'll unblock people, but they won't know. You know what I mean? So they're not going to reach out. But he'd be blocked for like months at a time. And there was one time, another time in particular um i don't know what happened but whenever i get on the phone with my dad he just lectures you know it feels like i'm in class you know what i mean like he just goes on and on and on and on and on and on (laughs) and it's just crazy because i lose myself in the process i'm like okay 
Um, I, I will literally zone out. Oh my God. And now that I'm talking about this shit right here, I used to do this thing and you might remember actually, cause we went to middle school together. I used to do this thing in middle school where a teacher would tap on my shoulder or call my name and I wouldn't hear them. Like I would just be like zoned out and then they would like tap on my shoulder a few more times and then I'll jump. And I still do that. I still do that to this day. Like when, when I be in the kitchen cooking breakfast in the morning and my roommate walks out of her room, I will jump like, and it's like, she ain't even doing She ain't even trying to scare me. You know what I'm saying? So now that I'm actually sitting here talking about this, thinking this connecting dots, I feel like that might have something to do with it. Because when I would go to my dad's house, or like he would I don't know nigga lived in a lot of different places but he would like do this thing where he would just sit me in front of the computer screen and would just show me like all these different conspiracy theories I remember one time he had me watch this video about Obama it was like near his election and he was like yes we can backwards is thank you Satan and it was like a big it was a big ass video of people saying yes we can and then whoever edited it reversed it and they were like, thank you, Satan. I got to look it up. I got to show you later. But it was crazy. Like, he'll Jesus do, he did weird shit like that, bruh. And now I got so used to zoning out because it's like, I don't want to hear about this shit. Mm. So I feel like that might be why I am still, I, to this day, I still do stuff like that. Because I won't, like, I'll zone out sometimes, but it's not as bad as it used to be. But I'll still, like, jump. And that just goes to show that, like, the effects of this shit really take a toll on you so when you're saying like you jump basically you were saying like how it affects every part of your body do you feel like your fight or flight kind of triggered or you just jump and then it's like you're good it's fear okay it's fear and like Um, you feel it physically like how do you feel it physically i'm like oh shit like that's like that scared me Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not gonna sit here and be like you know i'll jump and i'm not gonna be like oh i'm scared like why'd you do that you know but i'll just jump and it it feels like fear it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like anything else you know what i mean Mm. it's just straight up fear because it's like what is that like what's what who is that you know what i mean Mm. but it's like where did that come from you know Mm. i don't know but yeah and 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 through through my spiritual journey through hypnotherapy i've come to look at both sides of the story which is why i kind of told y'all my dad's backstory before i even said the examples of the shit that he'll do it's very acknowledged to where we all came from i feel like there are two things you can do if you come from a background any kind of background let's say you come from a background of greedy people you can either grow up see that and become greedy yourself or you can rebel against that shit Mm. and you can become very compassionate and do things for others and you know just find contentment in that find happiness in that and some people don't take that kind of initiative and they continue to hurt others and while we we can't like control that shit but we can acknowledge it and choose to do better so like i've forgiven a lot of fucking people i've forgiven like my grandma my grandma was the first person who was even brought up in my hypnotherapy. Crazy as that. Mm-hmm. Because while my dad was a huge-ass issue, but my also my cousin was a huge issue on my dad's side, I realized that she raised them to be the person, people that they are. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I'll fuck with my dad's side of the family, mm-hmm. and I'll mainly think of the men, but when I got into my deep state of hypnosis, it took me directly to the woman. You know, they say a lot with, like, we talk so much about absent fathers, especially in the, the black community. We talk about absent fathers, but we don't talk about the, you know, the mothers and the, the narcissism that comes with it. So, like, the absent father, present mother, and, like, how 
that affects you. Mm-hmm. And you know how you were saying, like, it's it's not like, you know, they're just terrible people. They have these backstories. My grandmother was like that, too. I'm like, on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. They had a... I, I don't know the if ands, buts about everything. Everything's always swept underneath the rug. Mm. But I know that my grandmother and my grandfather, they were together at one point in time. They weren't. Like I said, don't know everything. Pretty sure it was some messiness. And um, one thing I realized a lot about my grandmother was she was very um, neglectful mm. in a way to my mother. Mm. Like, for example, um, that's how my mom, my dad ended up getting together because they worked at Six Legs and that's how they met. But sometimes my grandmother would like forget to go pick up my, my mom mm. from work and like my dad would take her home. And mm. then it was like they started hanging around each other and then it was like, you know, together. And it's just these two young people from these hard-ass backgrounds trying mm. to find love within themselves mm. but they're looking to each other to feel it mm. and then that's how me and my sister got here mm. you know what i'm saying like that's how these situations yeah. happen and and go full circle mm. and um it just makes me like think about those things and that's where the empathy for me came in because i'm like i understand this life ain't been easy for you yeah. you just you you're trying to in the process of you trying to not be like this person you're doing the same exact shit as them. Yeah. Because when you're so used to being wrong or being made wrong, you'll do everything to feel right. Mm. And you know how you like said in your hypnotherapy, basically in your, your therapist is like, are you and your dad alike? I think me and my mom are alike. Mm-hmm. And I witnessed that in romantic relationships, mm. i.e. love bombing. I was mm. a serious people pleaser. I wasn't doing it to, you know, get something in return, but I was just always so used to let me give, give, give. Because mm. on top of that, I'm a natural giver. Okay, yeah. I don't, I don't mind doing that. Um, and I've never felt. Mm, I used to feel ashamed. I don't feel ashamed anymore because mm-hmm. it's just about whose hands you put it into. Yeah, you know how they treat it. It's not a reflection. That, yeah, on you, you yeah, know? yeah. F- facts. But um, basically, in some cases, I know that I lack self awareness. You know, uh, I know for a fact the love bombing taking that how you took it like oh, they're giving me all this, this must be real, like, you know, and it's even harder now because I can't even accept, like, a general thing. And then, like, another thing is it makes the bar so low. (laughs) Yes, bro. The the bar is so low when you're accepting uh, affection because you're so used to being made out as, like, an inconvenience. It's like, I just, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Like, yes, like, I I recently been having somebody in my messages that is, like, doing all the things that are speaking the way I've dreamed of somebody to speak to me. And and I hate to reflect back to this, but it's really like that that movie, uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, where she kept avoiding the good person. (laughs) And at the end, (laughs) she kept avoiding them because of the hurt. And it was just, like... It's just so surreal to me because it makes you realize how 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 heavy you really carry your trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've gotten rid of a gang of my limiting beliefs, but some things, I while I've done that, some things I haven't encountered yet. Like my spiritual journey, ever since I've been on my spiritual journey, I haven't had a relationship and not a healthy one at that. Mm-hmm. So it's like when that does come to me, it's like, am I able to recognize this? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to recognize? Is this what it's going to look like? Yeah. I mean, it looks amazing right now. You know what I mean? Like, this person is right. They're doing what you would ideally want somebody to do. Mm. But it's like, now do Were I take this leap of faith? Like, mm-hmm. is this what the universe is showing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, 
That's another thing that like gaslighting does. Mm, because full circle. Full circle. Yeah, it's, it's full, full circle. circle. <laughs> that shit full circle. Tornado. So we, it's, it's loud as fucking here. Spinning Damn, like this nigga is spitting. <laughs> Damn, nigga. Like, because again, it's like you're constantly yeah, second yes, guessing. Yes. What the hell? Just experiencing the shit. Mm. One thing that I noticed with narcissistic parenting is, like I said, they're still, they're babies having babies. So, because they took care of you in the emotional department, it feels like you had to take care of them in the emotion. I mean, yeah, I messed that up. Because you, they took care of you in the physical financial department, you're ending up taking up taking care of them in the emotional department. And I don't know why people have ever tried to put a value and made it seem like physical and financial. Get me wrong, that shit is hard. <laughs> Adulting is hard in that aspect. But let me tell you something: emotional, that shit sticks with you. Forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a, a fucking heartache from depression will take you out quicker than an eviction notice. Mm-hmm. Please understand mm-hmm. that. Like it's in your body, it's in your spirit. It's mm-hmm. passed down to generations. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like money can be there. Don't get me wrong, but like, listen, generational trauma is way harder to break than mm-hmm. a bad credit score. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, like, I don't mean to put any type of value on those things but i just feel like emotional is very vital because we've devalued it a lot over time you know there was actually a study done i don't remember what year but it was Mm. i want to say it was called the forgotten study i don't know i can't really remember Mm. for they had 40 newborn babies in a facility where they gave the babies everything they needed except for care and love Mm-hmm. So they would feed the babies, they would change the babies, all the stuff that babies need, bathe them, etc. But they did not like have any like connection, like no cuddling, nothing not like sure, that. Yeah. Twenty of the babies died. Mm-hmm. Twenty of the babies died, and then after that, they were like, "Okay, this went really bad. Let's put the other twenty up for adoption." They all got adopted, and all of them died shortly after they were adopted. <sighs> we need love. We need connection. Yeah. We are not avoidance yeah is that the word i'm looking for we need i feel like we we, we we need we need loving relationships and where does that shit start we need that we need that kind of stuff because it it sets us up for future relationships with partners and other I mean, it's, people it's basically the nature versus nurture principle nature mm-hmm. of course is like genes and like how you're taking care of but the nurture part is like the environmental factors mm. how you were saying like the babies that's basically like the, the maslow i'm a psychology student y'all forgive me if mm-hmm. i get the thing wrong but mm-hmm. you learned this in like general psych it's called the abraham maslow monkey experiment but they basically did the same thing with a monkey and they had it had two mothers and one of them was like a, a um mechanical robot looking mom but it had the bottle both of them actually the mothers had bottles but the other one was like had fabric on it it looked like an actual monkey and it was it was softer but wait no it didn't have a bottle that's what it was it didn't have a bottle but the mechanical robot looking one did and even though the mechanical one had the food for the monkey to eat to live it chose to be with the one with the fabric with no food mm-hmm. so it just shows you like again, how important emphasizing how, how important, important that shit it is. is to to have that emotional connection 
y'all so focused on the root chakra, bruh. Mm. They, they're just focused on the survival. I did this for you. I did that for you. Very and it's like just, yeah. and, and, and I feel like that also stems from us putting so much emphasis on, oh, I want a nice house. I want a nice car. I want to eat good. I want to dress good. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, damn, like. Do you feel good? Yeah, do you feel good? And like, why do you put so much emphasis on materialism? You know, like, mm. why is that your main concern? It's not that hard to give somebody a hug bro you know it's not they that fucking hard and it's it's a generation and it's, it's because thing. you didn't get hugs when you yeah, was a kid exactly. or something exactly and it's like i can't you just kind of get to a point again where like in some cases my people that i've experienced with are not just terrible people they just don't have self-awareness yeah. of what the hell happened to them yeah. and how it has affected them yeah. you know which is tragic which is very tragic. and especially with me and you like me i'm very self-aware so i can see i can quickly look at a situation and be like okay this is how this is affecting me this is what i need to do to get over it there yeah. we go but it, it amazes me how other people are not at that level you know and that's mm-hmm. just because i i I need to actually like think outside of myself. I, and I, I can do that very easily too. But when I'm talking to other people um, and they, they're not on the same level, I'm actually kind of like, oh, wait, okay, hold mm. on. Let me readjust what it is that I'm talking about mm. so that we can both understand mm. to a better extent. Um, yeah. So like when I be talking to like, well, I don't talk to my dad, but like, just reflecting back on the things that he's done i'm like what the hell like how is it so hard for you like i <laughs> me and me and mari be talking about this a lot we'd be like all right look like you sit your whole family down you do this you do that mm-hmm. i i've done all this research i've done all this work i've, mm-hmm. I've, I've li- looked at the background damn near did ancestry dna got like the carfax like got got the car <laughs> <laughs> got the carfax did the tarot readings you know <laughs> i know exactly what you need to do to get where you know everybody should be where we all go into ascension um right and now all you got to do is do it you know um and it, it's just like they're not there you know and we have they're to accept people for where they are it's like the lid, the <laughs> lid, the lid, 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 lid. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> like that's literally what it feels like. Yeah. And down to even like romantic relationships, like, bro, I know you can do this. Mm-hmm. I believe, like, I believe in you for real, for real, bro. The lid, <laughs> the, and then it hurts because it's like, these are your parents. And I mean, I had, I have a pretty present, that's what I'm going to say, pretty present relationship with them. And I don't want the situation end up where I just don't talk to them yeah. no more. You know, I don't I don't want that to happen. I don't like conflict. Like, don't get me wrong. The main reason why I don't like conflict is because I've been used to being a people pleaser. But I really just don't like it in general. I'd rather just have closure. And we ain't got to be friends. But, like, no, it ain't no hate. I don't hold it in my heart all the time for you because that's what basically forgiveness mm-hmm. is. But it's just, it's really fucking hard because they're your parents. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, as you're healing through this, this has been happening to me for years, but I'm just starting to grieve. Mm. Like, you know, when I was over here, like a few weeks back, I think like New Year's Eve, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm crying every three seconds. Like I'm stopping and then I'm good. And then I'm like, I'm laughing and then I'm crying. Yeah. And you know, it just sends you on this humongous roller coaster yeah. because it's like, I, I just, you lack self-awareness and I can't, you can't make somebody do something. You can influence them maybe motivate them encourage them but you can't make them change and the only type of for example a, a self-awareness is like very subs no like no uh, that's not my words there very 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mediocre. Very no substance type of answer. It's like, I know I've messed up in life. Like, very general. Like, go into detail. Like, I lack self-awareness. I lacked accountability. I had a hard time admitting that because I feel like it's hard for me to make mistakes because they feel stronger than others. You know, like, go into detail. It's just, it's always, I know I've messed up. Okay, how? You know, like, in, in that, it's just as good. It, it It's really, you're saying what you feel like is the right thing to say, mm-hmm. but you're not authentically showing up as yourself. And mm-hmm. I'd rather take that than you trying to, you know, mask it up as something else. That mm-hmm. shit is fucking toxic. I don't want it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember the first time that I was confronted with the idea that my dad... No, I, the first time I was confronted with the fact that my dad is a narcissist, I was actually on the phone with his um, partner, and... She she was like, you know, I think that this is what your dad is. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, and it's a narcissistic personality disorder. It's like an actual thing. I had never really mm. thought about it like that. Like, it's, cl- it's a classified mental illness, basically. Or a personality disorder. I'm sorry if I got misspoke. But she was giving me all these examples. And it was very, like, mm, very, like, I just felt bad for her. Because I'm like, are you yeah. okay? And the thing is, I've always... Man, I've always been self-aware as hell. This should just be going straight to my subconscious mind. And now that I look back on... Like, when I was in middle school, they lived with my um, aunt. So they, I would see them a lot. And them and their kids. Um, because they lived, like, right down the street from me. And I remember... Um, I used to feel like my dad would, like, force her to do things. Mm. Like, they have, they have a lot of kids. I feel like having kids was one of them, you know, mm. like I, it would make me uncomfortable. And I was like 12, I was like 13 noticing this shit. And I brought it up to him one time when we was, when he probably that time he called me a bitch or something. I don't know. Oh, but man. I just remember being like, I feel like you'd be forcing so-and-so to have kids with you. You know, like I just, I don't know. And, and, and when, when I, I remember when we first kind of like met a lot of the women in my family were saying that she was changing my dad. But me and my mom was like, no, that nigga is changing her. Like, that, that no, absolutely not. And uh, it's just, it, it's so much to unpack. I feel like I didn't even give that many examples because it's just so much. And uh, my yeah. brain's coping mechanism is also making me forget traumatic experiences. Exactly. So I um, probably should have wrote them down in advance, you know, did a little self-reflection <laughs> before getting on this podcast well, to give you guys more examples. Work. It's a lot to unpack. And of course, can't do it all in one episode. We might have a narcissistic episode on season two because it's just a lot. You know what you I'm saying? You can talk about it in relationships. I mean, like, romantic relationships. Girl, I can't even think about that shit right now. No, that's well, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was, actually, yes, yes, yes. That's a good idea. Yes, we could talk about that um, in season two when it comes to actual romantic relationships. That's a good idea. Um, man on oh man, you already know we got stories. We got stories for days. We got man. stories that before we reconnected, we got stories. When we reconnected. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, because like, every, every time something would happen to me, it would be happening to you. Mm-hmm. Remember, we would wake up and I'll be like, so and so watch my my Instagram story. This girl we don't had ever. A dream. This girl, yes, I had a dream. This girl watched my Instagram story today. What what the hell is going on? And then some just so happens things will be happening with you on that same day as well. Oh yeah, yeah, we're here. We're, we're here. We're, we're here. here, nigga. Sure, like, <laughs> look, she'll hit me up. Connect the dots. I'm like, ma'am, here, here are the statistics. I just need you to do the background research. What is the hypothesis? Exactly. Talk to the spirit gods.
too many signs. I keep seeing 11, 11. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? What does this number mean? Oh, God. Like, what is going on? Oh, my gosh. Man. Oh, man. Because it's like everything is a sign, bro. Everything is a sign, man. This week was so hectic like i was i wasn't talking of course but like i was just going through it this week i, I had little to no confidence sacral chakra was very underactive okay mm, mm. like oh stressful tell me why the moon was in pisces i said well you know what ain't, the, ain't that very oh ain't that very emo what, what does that mean again i mean like if it's in your sign first of all the moon in general like i can go into detail but in general whenever that shit be shifting or whatever your emotions will be all over the place. You'll just, I mean, it doesn't always have to be necessarily sad. You may just feel out of it one day, really angry another. The point is, whatever you're feeling is intense. And that's what I was feeling like this weekend. It was like hard for me to shake it. You know, like sometimes it'll be like one week you go through it, another week you don't. It was like I went through that cycle within a day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it just, I believe that things exists holistically of course like it's not just one reason why you're probably feeling something it could be you're dealing with it in this aspect and it's happening in this aspect and the moon is in this and then your hormones are like that not to mention this we're women our cycles play a big role into that as well but you know when it comes to me and this moon <laughs> yeah it'd be making sense like yeah. it's always like let me go check and yeah. see what are these planets up there doing yeah. having a whole dance party got yeah. me down here having breakdowns yeah. every 30 seconds but I just had to. It just yeah. made me think of that. <laughs> and, and the thing about that is also, some mm. people be out here not believing that the moon can affect us. Y'all, we're 90% water. Ain't we 90% water? We are high, like, we're a high percentage. We're a high like percent of water. It's, it might not be 90%, but we're a high percentage of water. Y'all, the moon controls the ocean's tides. How could it not have any effect on us? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any goddamn... All we do is drink water. I mean, like, hopefully you niggas are staying oh hydrated. Oh, my gosh, you right. Know? But, like, how could you not think that it has an effect on us? It does. It definitely does. Um, but, yeah, so... Narcissistic parenting. Um, that's that's really been this episode. Um, there's, there's so many things to talk about. You know, there's so many things to talk about when it comes to these subjects. But I hope that our experiences gave you a little bit more insight. Hopefully y'all stop gaslighting yourselves out there. What you did go through was real. Yeah. The trauma was real. Let this be um, a, a moment where you see where we're coming from. It's possible to come out of those situations. If facts. you feel like you're in the midst of one, baby, it's rough. And but even, when I say it is worth it when mm -hmm. you make it out, just take it one step at a time. Because once you walk away, first of all, congratulations. If you're still in it and you're realizing there's something up, congratulations. Yeah. If you're making it to another day and you're still in that shit, congratulations. Okay? Keep pushing. Because it's yeah. not easy. It's yeah. not for the weak. Mm -hmm. Your angels, God, the divine, whoever you want to experience it as, has chosen you to go through these things. It is not for nothing. You're not alone. You're just... You're just chosen for something. Mm -hmm. And when you're chosen, you're worth it. So whenever you don't believe it, just understand that's why you're going through this. And the first step is to even acknowledge and realize the situation in the first place. Mm -hmm. That yeah. makes a world of difference. Because once you do that, there's really no going back. You you, you can't keep choosing to ignore. You, you can't. Yeah, once you hit that enlightenment, man, it just gets bigger yeah. and bigger and yeah, bigger. Yeah, it really does. And it has these moments where it gets very dark and yeah. lonely. Um, and even this this journey is a roller coaster as well. Like yeah. me and you have progressed hella hella far, but like I said, mm -hmm. I still be jumping when somebody just simply walks into the room. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So th yeah. there's still residuals to this. When somebody asks me about it, my memory goes out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it happens. It's mm -hmm. a process. 
So sometimes you're gonna have your moments where it's like, shit, man, this is sad. Even like when we get to season two, I know it's probably gonna hit even harder when it comes to romantic relationships because that's usually what shows you what's going on. And like, it's not, you know, just this one person. This is mountain loads of trauma, basically. It's the mm-hmm. iceberg mm-hmm. underneath the water. Mm-hmm. Like, just keep taking it day by, by day. I just take it day by day. I wish I could fucking sing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I really hope you can take something from it. Um, yeah, so other than that, please follow me on Instagram at Trinity And um, follow me on Twitter if you want at Trinity. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. That is just Trinity. And, yeah, so you guys will see me in the next episode.